We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through His Word, He expresses His plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Mudi. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. I'm going to be speaking out of Genesis and the 21st chapter. And so if you have a Bible close by, you can pick it up. I'm going to read a few verses from Genesis in chapter 21. And um, then in a moment, I'm just going to tell you a few stories and share a word that I really believe is going to be a blessing to you this morning. So get you somewhere comfortable. Thank you so much. Get yourself somewhere comfortable. Get yourself um, leaning your heart this morning. And um, let's just believe for all that God wants to do in your life this morning. So Genesis and the 21st chapter and from the 14th verse. The Bible says, so Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her, sh- on her shoulder, that's Hagar's shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and he sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba and the water in the skin was used up. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. And so she sat opposite him and the Bible says she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. That's of, of Ishmael. Then the angel of God called Hagar out of heaven called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. Fantastic. Interesting scripture. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. And... um, in a few moments, I'll just share with you what this maybe has to do with your life and this season of your life. So I have a message to share with this morning that I call a tale of tears. A tale of tears. This amazing story about tears. So I'll start out with a very open secret, honest confession. I cry a lot. Um, I'm that guy who, who, who cries maybe more than you do, more than you know, more than you could imagine, more than you could think or imagine. I'm probably that person. I, I do cry a lot. I cry when I'm sad, like I cry. Um, but also I cry when I'm happy. I cry um, when I watch a movie. Um, maybe that's one reason I, I don't like watching too many movies. I cry. Um, every movie would make me cry, typically. I remember um, just a couple of months ago, I was on a flight with my wife and she had, oh, you are going to watch this movie. And so she selected this movie and then um, I get to that moment and then I got engrossed in it. And then the next thing, once you get engrossed in it, the tears start to come. I, I cry, okay? I remember some years ago, a, a friend of mine came visiting and said to me um, that she wanted to watch a movie. And I said, oh, okay, I'll get, I'll get you a movie. But the problem with this movie, I, I watched it. And the problem with it was that it, it just got me crying. Like, you will cry a lot. And she said, okay. She was a family friend and all. And she said, okay, no, that's all right. She'll be fine. So playing the movie, and then I was standing behind her. She was watching it. 
And, you know, as the movie progressed, I was watching it again and I was there behind crying and, you know, just wiping all the tears from all the angles and all of that. And then, um, so she was quiet and behind I was just holding out the sobs. So, that, you know, but she was just quiet in front and in my mind she had finished crying herself and all of that. Then I remember we just started to see cast and it was scrolling up on the screen and then, she looks back and she's saying, where's the part of the movie that you cried? And then here I was, you know, just wiping and, you know, like, how will you not cry? You know, I cry. I cry when I worship. Um, um, I'm just in those moments. Um, I cry when I worship. I cry when I read my Bible. I, I cry. I cry when Liverpool beats Barcelona. When Liverpool wins the match, I cry. You know, I, I can't forget that day Liverpool beating Barcelona and I was just crying. You know, I cry. Yeah, I cry. I cry when I'm cheated, when I'm misunderstood, I cry. Um, I cry when I need God to show up. I, I cry. I cry when God shows up. <laughs> you know, I cry. I cry when I'm in a service and a sermon feels good. You know, if you preach me good, I cry. But on the flip side, I realize when I go to a church and the sermon is terrible, I also cry. You know, I just, I just always find a reason to cry, pretty much. I cry when a protege lets me down. I, I really cry. When a protege makes me proud, I cry. You know, I cry when, um, on my wedding day, I remember crying a lot, you know, um, that, maybe that is more than crying. That was more like wailing, but you know, I, I cried a lot. I remember them, my, my father-in-law leading my wife in and, you know, she just got beside me and she just met me crying. Like, you know, I was gone, you know, I cry a lot. Um, on the flip side, my wife though, um, doesn't cry. My wife, um, if you put a gun to her head and say, cry to save your life, I'm not sure she will live. You know, she just can't cry, won't cry, you know, in all the years of our dating and in all the years of our marriage um you know i just kept wondering because you know okay things go bad you don't cry things go good you don't cry i just wonder how human are you right um but i can cry i can cry die i can cry um but good news i'm a secure guy okay i'm, I'm actually a guy's guy in case you're like what you know i'm actually a guy's guy i'm secure in christ okay um but but what i've found in in my journey of tears and in my journey of you know adventures around many crying moments and all of that what i think i've found is that there are tears and you know there are tears there are there are tears and and like you'll say there are tears so um if you're a parent you probably know what i'm saying that there are times you know you expect a child to cry you you look at your child maybe something happens to him you have like a two-year-old and then something happens there are times you expect him to cry and you know i can resonate with the fact that this is a welcome tear um but again there are other times that um he's just crying for no reason he's just crying nonsense he's just you know crying and and you're just finding yourself holding back the swear word you're like you're like what the you know pharisees did to jesus was quite bad you know you just find yourself losing every bit of patience when you know it just gets on your on your last word big shout out to every stay-at-home parent you know if you've been at home with your kids this week big shout out to you um you know having done this for a few days now i mean for a couple of weeks now i'm of the opinion that after we get out of this the salaries of teachers need to be increased you know we need to honor them more we need to appreciate them more for what they do in our lives in jesus name so big shout out to all the teachers yeah so so um um but when i think about this whole crying thing and tears and tears i i, I find my mind go to genesis chapter 21 like i say one of my favorite scriptures and 
And it's this amazing story, you know, of Hagar. Hagar um, was Abraham's mate that became his, his, his side chick or, you know, his mistress or whatever word you use. Um, and we meet her in the wilderness crying. But I think it would be helpful if we get some context to, to her tears. And so Hagar is crying um, because water has run out. That's what you think, that there's no water for her to drink. And so she's crying. But but I think that Hagar's tears are what I would call historic or, or reactive. Hagar is crying um, because she's leaning over all that has happened and, and she's finding every reason to be sorrowful. So if you would think for a minute, would we remember tomorrow, to, together how good you know, life had suddenly gone for Hagar because she started out as a maid to Sarah and all of that. But suddenly in that moment when Sarah couldn't have a child, Hagar was the one that was called upon. And and so if you would just picture what life was like for Hagar in those moments, think about Hagar being in her life group discussion or in her local church and how she suddenly began to tell everybody of the unusual favor that God has put on her life, that Sarah, my mistress, stepped aside for me and now God has promoted me. This is what you call divine promotion maybe this is what you call you know an unusual breakthrough and suddenly Hagar is now the is now is now Abraham's you know main girl um, Hagar is now the one that is having all the attention having all the focus and all of that so so this is where Hagar is coming from this is this is Hagar is coming from a pregnancy that was celebrated in a house where they had not seen the sound of a pregnancy Hagar is coming from a pregnancy that was so celebrated that was you know what it meant like to be pregnant in Sarah's house. Do you know what that meant? You know, in my own mind, I think Hagar probably got an attitude in those moments. You know, um, um, you know, Sarah is trying to say, Hagar, go get me that or go and do that. And then Hagar would just lean over and say, you know, the baby is kicking. And you know, Sarah just has to keep quiet because what do you want to do? Do you want to abort my child? I mean, oh, sorry, Sarah, you don't know what it feels like to be pregnant. You know, you know how those words would sink in. Hagar had her moment. It was nine special months for her. You know, if Sarah tries to touch Hagar. I can imagine Abraham running out of, 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 of his room to just say, Sarah, I've told you, don't touch the girl. Don't touch the girl. You know, I think Hagar had her moments. I think it was such a beautiful life for Hagar. I think, I think it went good for her. Suddenly, she didn't even plan for it. She didn't even expect it. She didn't see it coming. But I think it suddenly went good for, for, for Hagar. I think Hagar would have caught herself in some moments just lying down on her bed and just saying, wow. And then you hear the sound of that and you think that's so good. I would even say backwards, wow, you know, it's just wow moments of your life. Have you ever been there before? Um, I think Hagar probably even got to the point where, you know, she started using pet names to call Abraham. You know, she probably started out with Abraham as boss or as Ogal, whatever was appropriate. But I think she got to those points where she started calling him a baby, you know, or, or boo or, you know, she, I mean, you can't because I'm carrying your child. You've waited for, for all these years. I'm the proof that you are a man, you know. Um, but fast forward, and then suddenly Hagar is in a dry season. Hagar is in a place where she's now hopeless, where nothing is going for her again, where everything that looked like a joy has now gotten to the end of the rope. Hagar is in a season now where she has been sent away, and she's here with that child that she thought was a statement of hope and of promise. And the Bible says she's in this moment where she has conceded, I'm going to have to watch the child die. It was a dry season that she didn't plan for. Um, can you hear Hagar? I think in my mind I can hear Hagar suddenly starting to curse and blame and feel wronged. 
you know, suddenly Hagar starts to point fingers and say, you know, I should have struck a better deal with Abraham. I should have known better. I should have, I should have worked my way around. I should have known what to do. I should have handled my opportunities better. Hagar starts to look back with a lot of regret and of, and of, you know, finger pointing and of blaming and, and, and what have you. And, and I'm going somewhere this morning because I think in a few moments I'll be able to show you how maybe this really has to do with this season of life that we're in. And I, I think there's something God is inviting us to this morning because I think about the world and where we are right now. And I think about how we feel like in a dry place. We feel like, you know, hopes have been shattered. We feel like there's a very strong sense all over the world of rivers that have gone dry, of plans that have messed up, of hopes that have been dashed. I think there's this strong prevalent feeling of helplessness. You just wake up and it's like there's so much that I want to do. I just feel like I can't. You know, I don't know about you, but you just feel restrained. You just feel locked down and literally locked down. Like, I just can't do anything. I can't just plan anything. I can't just make my life work. I don't even know what to hope for. I don't even know what to trust. Suddenly you start to fear the worst and, you know, you don't even know what you can hope for or look to again. Everything just feels like rivers have gone dry. Everything just feels like what was once a beautiful season. You started out the year with all these thoughts of 2020. Everything is, is in doubles. 2020 and, and here you are. What you thought would be double has come out as trouble. And maybe you just feel like dreams have gotten to that point where you look at them and like Hagar, you say it's going to die. It can't live. You know, I hear people crying in regret and getting to that point of pointing fingers, that point of the blame game, that point of it's the government, it's, it's, it's the Chinese, it's, it's them, it's you, it's what I didn't do, it's our city, it's what, it's, it's my fault, I was careless, it's that, it's that, I, I should have known I could have, and, and a lot of finger pointing and blaming. And I think we're at that point like Hagar was. Maybe you look at yourself as an individual and you feel like every plan I have, everything I can possibly want to do, I am just constrained. What do you think it felt like to be Hagar in that moment, to sit down in a wilderness, and there's absolutely nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. There is no step that you can take. It's not about planning. It's not about, there's just nothing you can do. Um, and the Bible says that Hagar took the moment, she bowed her head, and she began weeping. And she, the Bible says it this way, that she lifted her voice and wept. Yeah, you know, there are tears and there are tears. There's one that you lift your voice and weep. But you know, right across Hagar, the Bible says that she set up the moment, she put her son across her. And this guy who was at a point, a picture of hope and all of that, the Bible says she said these words to herself, I don't want to watch him die. I know he's going to die, it's over for him, there's nothing, but I just don't want to have to watch it. And so she put him across, and the Bible says that she began to cry. She lifted up her own voice and began to weep. But, but interesting words we read from verse 16 of of, of Genesis chapter 21. And by the time you read into verse 17, the Bible says that God heard the voice of the lad. God, God, God came to, to Hagar who was crying, but, but apparently the cry that attracted God was not even the cry of Hagar. The Bible says it was the cry of the boy. And then the Bible says that God called out to Hagar from heaven and said, what ails you Hagar? Fear not for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. You know, I just think it's an interesting picture because there are these two guys sitting down in the wilderness, Hagar and her son. And Hagar is the one we see lifting up her voice and weeping. So we thought. 
But the Bible says that God just comes to and, and says that the voice I hear is that of the boy. You know, I, I kind of think God just gives Hagar this, what I call an Elah moment. Do you, do you know what Elah is? Elah is like, Elah is when, you know, Elah is when somebody gives you Elah, basically. I mean, it's just Elah, you know, that God comes around, Hagar who is crying, and just walks past and says, it's actually the boy I'm hearing. And I think this is so profound for us because if, if I would suggest to you this morning, I think Ishmael's tears are not tears that are reactive and historic. I think Ishmael's tears are tears that are prophetic. And they are forward focused. It's, Hagar is crying about everything that went wrong. Hagar is crying about how Abraham cheated and how Sarah didn't do her good. And Hagar is crying about how it went wrong in a relationship I once had and what could have been and where I was. But, but if you would hear the cry of Ishmael, Ishmael doesn't know all of that. Ishmael is not in all the story of the politics and what have you. Ishmael is crying because he believes there is a life ahead of him that I believe he's reaching for. Ishmael is crying because there is still a sense of hope. Agar is crying over a life that I lived wrong. But Ishmael is crying for a life that I want to live. And the Bible says that God came to this person who was crying in regret, walked past and said, you know the voice I hear is the voice of, of Ishmael. God says, that's the voice that attracts me. He wasn't a party to all the politics and, and all of that. He wasn't a party to the, to the cries and the tears about the hard life and He's simply just crying for a future. And I think about how we all deal with these two voices. We all deal with these two senses of, of there's a Hagar cry and there's an Ishmael cry. I think about how parents many times come to children with, with a Hagar voice over their children. And how many children are trying to cry for life, but, but the parents are speaking a Hagar voice over them. And, you know, a child wakes up and, and has a dream and is trying to say, you know, I really believe this is possible and this is the yearning and the longing in my heart. And have you heard that parent voice before that just comes with this, <laughs> you know, youthful exuberance. In 1952, I had a friend. Have you heard that Hagar voice before? That in that place, God says, you know, I hear Hagar and I know why Hagar is saying all of that. But God says, Hagar, I pray you will know that there is an Ishmael cry that I honor, that attracts me. I think about how young people are trying to do something great with their lives. And, and when I say young, maybe it's not just so much a statement of, of age as it is a statement of the positioning of the heart. There are people who are young in age but are so old and cold in their heart. But there are people that are old in age but still have that freshness. And, and that's what I'm talking about. That young heart that believes in a future, that believes there is more, that sounds out a cry of so much more to come. And it, it doesn't matter whether you're a grandparent or you're a child. It really doesn't matter. But, but is there that Ishmael cry within you that says, I believe there is more to come? And I just want to say this morning, don't let the Hagar voice silence your Ishmael. God loves the Ishmael. God loves this forward-thinking focus. God loves hopeful people. God loves people that lift up their eyes and lift up their eyes and say, there is more, and I may be in a wilderness. I may not have all the answers to the question. The truth is both Hagar and Ishmael did not have water, did not know where to find water. Both of them were in the same situation. But God says, I love to hear Ishmael cry. I love to hear a cry of hope. I love to hear a cry that says the best is yet to come. I love to hear a cry that says there's more ahead than what's behind. I love to hear a cry that says we haven't yet seen all that God can do. We haven't yet seen God do his best. I love to hear a cry that is prophetic and not just historic. And God says I love to hear the Ishmael cry. You know the truth is I think if we'll be honest we all have these, these two tendencies around us and even within us. I believe we all have these two tendencies and we're going to have to be deciding 
where we are going to put our inclination towards. We all have to be deciding, am I, am I going to be the Hagar or am I going to be the Ishmael? Am I going to be that person that just looks back over everything I could have done, I should have done, I would have done, if only I knew, if only I started, if only, if only, if only. Or are we going to be the kind of people that would say, because of Jesus, there is a future and there is a hope. And our God still knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. And it doesn't matter mistake after mistake and what could have been and what should have been. Our God still knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. And there are thoughts of good and not of evil to give us a future and a hope are we going to be people who cry out like ishmael or are we going to be people who settle into a hagar cry would, would you come on the keyboard I'm, I'm getting ready to land and it's a real simple thought but i really just pray that the holy spirit will make this so real to you because i think this is what we deal with friends i turn on the tv every day and i find myself in between a hagar cry and an ishmael cry I check the news every day and I find myself between a Hagar cry and an Ishmael cry. You just look around you. I, I look at the plans I had at the start of the year. And every day I find myself between a Hagar cry and an Ishmael cry. I, I look around what I can't do and what I, where I feel constrained. And, and I look in these very situations. I look in the mirror and I literally find myself every day between a Hagar cry and an Ishmael cry. I, I wonder about you and what's that like in your own world. But I want you to choose today the Ishmael voice. I believe that God honors it. I believe that God sees it. I believe that God hears it. Can you literally see God walk right over the Hagar cry and say, I'm going straight for Ishmael. I believe this is what God does in every generation. I believe God, God will come and say, where is an Ishmael? Where is a cry of hope? Where is somebody who is still young enough at heart? Where is somebody who is still fresh enough and believing? Where is somebody who hasn't given up in hope and in faith? Where is somebody that still believes and still trusts? Where is somebody that still puts out a faith voice? Where is somebody that still lifts a sound of thanksgiving and of praise and of worship? Where is an Ishmael cry? Where is somebody that still believes in the future that God has? Where is somebody that still believes in hope more than the pain of process and of now where is somebody that still lifts up their eyes god says that's what i look for in every generation and today i want to encourage you and invite you and i pray the holy spirit will make this real to you in every situation that you're walking with as you start out a new week again i, I today i want you to cry like ishmael not like hagar as you start out a new week as you look over your plans as you think about the future i pray today you're going to cry like ishmael maybe it's not a question of whether you would cry or not maybe it's a question of how you would cry because the reality is sometimes there will be tears but but i'm not so much bothered about whether you're crying i'm i'm bothered about what is the voice of your crying listen to what david says in Psalm. 6 and verse 8, David says, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. And my question today is, what is the voice of your weeping? I know there is lamentation everywhere. I know there's this sense of dryness and I know there's this sense of pain and of weeping and of, and of what has gone wrong. I know there's this sense of negativity around, but what is the voice of your weeping? If the Lord comes to you today and says, I want to hear what is the voice of your weeping? Will it be a voice of faith and of God can still do more? Will it be a voice of there is still more to come? Will it be a voice of lifting up your eyes in hope? Will it be a voice behind all the weeping that says, God, I trust you and I believe you and I and I still incline my heart to your word? Will it be a voice that praises even in the tears? Will it be a voice that still exalts Jesus and, and says, you are still worthy of worship even when I don't feel like it? Will it be a voice that says, even if my bones are broken, I still have a praise on, I still have a praise to offer, I will still offer up the sacrifice of praise continually unto God. Will God find that kind of voice in you? What will be the voice 
of your weeping, if God came and listened on your windowsill tonight, if God came and listened to the very beating of your heart tonight, what will be the voice of your weeping? Will it be a voice of complaining? Will it be a voice of murmuring? Will it be this voice of regretting? Will it be a voice of negativity? A voice of hopelessness? Will it be this voice of nothing is possible, it's over? Will it be a voice of my dreams will die and nothing can ever live? Will, will that be the voice that God will hear? Because I know you may be weeping and that's not so much the problem. The problem is what is the voice of your weeping? Would you be able to say like David that, depart from me all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. I think those are such beautiful words. God honors the Ishmael voice. God honors the forward focused. God honors the hopeful. God honors the faith filled. God honors people who say indeed we might walk through the valley of the shadow of death but we believe that there is goodness and mercy that is falling and we believe that we would yet dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives. God honors it. One of my heroes, Brian Houston, would say that you want to be absolutely respectful and honoring of the past. But overwhelmingly, you want to be loyal to the future. I know that we, 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 we take things in stride of where we are coming from and there are realities to face. And I know that there are things we have walked through and I know that there are real questions to face up to an answer. But at the end of the day, I want my greatest loyalty to be to the future, not to be the past. I want the voice of my weeping to represent a loyalty that is more to the future than to the past. I want it to represent a loyalty to the more that is ahead of me than what is behind me. To what has not yet happened, not to what has already happened. Listen to me, friends. God is still able to do exceedingly abundantly over and above what you can ask or imagine. Our God is still able to bring rivers in desert. He's still able to bring wells in wildernesses. Our God is still able. This is what Ishmael understands that we might be in a dry season but we would rather lift up a prophetic voice we would rather lift up a voice of faith than a complaining historic lamenting voice we would rather lift up a voice of the more that God can do than of what people did and what should have happened and what could have happened and so today I just want to say what voice will God hear in your weeping what will be the voice of your weeping it's one thing to say there's weeping all over the world but what will be the voice of your weeping and, and so if, if I can suggest three things to you this morning as I as I make ready to close three things that I I hope can represent that, that you can say this is how I want to weep man this is this is how I want to weep maybe the question is at some point you're going to find out in life hey you're going to weep sometimes your bones are going to be hit sometimes plans are going to be shattered hey this is the reality of life sometimes you're going to feel constrained sometimes you're not able to you're not going to be able to do all you wanted to do the reality of life is that sometimes we would weep but how are we going to weep I remember Paul writes to the Thessalonians and says hey don't sorrow like unbelievers and I think there are different ways you can cry and so today I want to encourage you about three, 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 three ways that, that I hope you can weep. And if you're going to weep this week, if you're going to cry over plans, if you're going to cry over where you are, if you're going to feel restrained this week, I pray you would remember these three things in, in every day, in every waking up moment. I pray that the Holy Spirit will keep a reminder of these three things in your heart. And so the first thing I'm going to say to you, because if I could step into Hagar and say, Hagar, I want to make you an Ishmael. These are three things that I'll tell her. Number one, is weep with hope. Weep with hope. Weep with hope. Weep with hope. I just want to say to people this morning, it's not over. It's not over. 
our God still brings rivers out in the desert. Our God still brings wells in the wilderness. What if Hagar could just have a perspective of what was about to happen? I think even in her crying, even in the place of dryness, I know you are thirsty and I know you are looking for water, but there is still hope of more to come. Listen, God is still able to do exceedingly abundantly. God is with you. God still knows the thoughts that he thinks. God is still a faithful God. God is still a loyal God. God is not a let down God. God is not an abandoning God. God is still your father. God is still a very present help in time of need. And so can I encourage you this morning? Weep with hope. Weep with hope. Weep with hope as you cry. Would you lift up your eyes with a sense of hope? There is still a tomorrow. There is still more to come. There is still a future. There are still possibilities ahead of me. I have not yet seen all that God can do because eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. It has not even entered into the mind of any. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. All I need to remind myself is that I am one of those who love God. And so there is still so much more to come, people. It is not over. This is not the end. This is not the end of the rope. This is not the end of my dreams. This is not all that there would be. I might take a twist. I might take a bend. I may not know how I'm going to come out. I may have questions that I don't have answers to, but I will never lose a sense of hope. Now, abide faith, hope, and love. These three, I pray there will be an abiding of hope in your heart. And when you clean tears on your eyes, and when you say, I wish that happened, buddy, it didn't happen. I planned this for this year, and I'm not able to do it the way I wanted to do it. I thought by now, I would have done this, or I would have had that, I'll be here, or this would have happened in my life, and it hasn't happened. I just pray that you will not lose a sense of hope. I pray you will be more loyal to the future than you are to the past. I pray you would find it in yourself to lift up your eyes again. I pray that you would wake up every day, and I know you plan to be somewhere else, and you find yourself locked down in the house. I pray you would yet wake up and say, this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it, except it is not a day of my life. Then surely goodness and mercy are still following me right here and right now, and there is still a future of the house of the Lord where I will dwell forever and ever, and my God is still good, and he is still faithful, and he has not changed on his promises, and he is not a let down God. I pray that in the midst of your weeping, you will not lose a sense of hope. And so when they say, what is the voice of your weeping that God heard? I pray God would hear this hopeful praiser. God would hear this one that will not be silent. God would hear this one that that says, hey, there is still more to come. There is still more to come. And you know, one of the things about hope is that hope inspires faith. That when there's a voice of hope, then there's a believing. There's a fresh believing. There's a fresh focusing on God and trusting in God again. And, And I pray... If, if we can have a deal this morning, can I pray and can we believe that this will be the most hopeful week you've ever had? Can we believe together that this will be that week when more than ever before there was just a welling up of hope in your heart no matter what was going on around you? Because listen, our hope is anchored in the person of Jesus. Our hope is not anchored in a government. Our hope is not anchored in, in healthcare workers. Thank God for them. Thank God for people who are responsible in all that they do. We love you. We pray for you. But our hope is anchored in the person of Jesus. We have a hope behind the veil that enters into the presence. We have a hope beyond anything that is in this world, beyond anything that is in this life. We have an eternal hope in Jesus. And so we may weep and weeping may endure for a night, but guess what? Joy comes in the morning. Weep with hope. Weep with hope. Tim, come, I'm almost done. Second thing I would say to you this morning is and I, I really hope this is blessing you this morning. Weep with perspective. Weep with perspective. You know, in a moment, Sim is going to lead us in worship again. And 
um, that's that's going to be real fantastic and I pray that God would the Holy Spirit would just use these moments to really spark up something in your heart in, in a very personal way no matter the situations you are in I really just want you to know and I want to assure you this morning that you know God really sees you God really knows you he knows right where you are he knows what's going on in your world and I really believe God has put this message in my heart for you this morning so I want to say to you secondly this morning weep with perspective weep with perspective you know, in that moment, Hagar, when you are down and your head is down and you feel trodden down, I want to remind you, Hagar, that as you are complaining and murmuring and lamenting about Abraham and about Sarah and what they didn't do and what they should have done and that other guy that should have spoken to Abraham for you and the person that didn't show up, I, I just want to expand your perspective, Hagar. I want you to know, Hagar, that there is more to this story than Abraham and Sarah. I want you to know that God is involved in this story. I just want to widen your perspective. I want you to know, Hagar, that God's eye is actually upon you. I want you to know that God is actually aware because what we do so often is that we narrow the story and we try to make it a story of just that one detail and of just that second detail and because that didn't happen we we start to weep in a narrow-minded way and in a hopeless way but today i just want to say enlarge your perspective would you realize this morning that god is with you and that god is for you and that god is committed to you would you realize this morning that he is a faithful father would you enlarge your perspective this morning would you weep with perspective this morning? Would you weep with an awareness that God is actually aware? That we're not in this like some abandoned people and some miserable people. We, we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but, but this is not a story of the valley of the shadow of death. This is still a story of the Lord is my shepherd and he is a good shepherd. And it is still that same story that is following through. And it is that same story that will lead me to the house of God forever. I just encourage you this morning. Weep with perspective. You know, one of the most beautiful things I find in this story when I read it is that the angel of the Lord comes to Hagar and says, you know, Hagar, stop weeping. Lift up the lad. God will make him a great nation and all of that. And then the Bible says these words, that Hagar's eyes were opened and she saw a well. You know, this is, this is crazy because Hagar has, been, Hagar has been walking through in the wilderness She's been stumbling around in the wilderness. I think when Hagar started her journey initially, she was trying to form macho and she was walking strong and saying, I'll keep going, I'll get somewhere. And then she felt tired and she sat down to rest for like 30 minutes. And then she said, why am I sitting down here? Let's try a little more. Maybe if we walk a little more, we would find, no, let me walk in that direction. And then she suddenly goes in an entirely different direction and she gets there. And then suddenly there's nothing here again. And then she's frustrated and she sits down again. And then she says, oh, but where I was coming, I think I heard a sound. Let me go and check there again. And she walks a little bit, but she's tired. She can't go out the way. And then she says, let me go forward a bit. And then she, she just stumbles around and around and around. But you know that finally in that moment, when God heard the voice of the lad, the Bible says in the very place where Hagar was, the Bible says God opened her eyes and she saw a well. You know, it would have been a little different to me if the Bible says God came to Hagar and said, Hagar, just give me 30 minutes. I will dig you a well here and now. But the Lord opened her eyes and there was always a well by the very place where she had suddenly sat down. Do you know what I want to say to you this morning? I, I don't know how this sounds to you, but 
I just want to say to you that do you know that through all these moments, God was always altering your steps. Do you know that God was always leading Hagar to a place where when she lifts out the sound of the Lord, God was always altering her steps to a place where when she is ready, you will be right beside the well. And I thought of that this morning and I thought of the blessing of God ordering our steps. That Do you know that even through plans that are frustrated, do you know that even through situations that mess up, do you know that even through disappointments and things that haven't worked the way you want them to work, do you know that God is even ordering your steps right here? He is such a good God that even when you didn't know it and you were stumbling around the wilderness, He was orchestrating you towards a well. I pray that you would weep with perspective I pray that you would weep with that sense of even when I don't know it he's working even when I don't see it he's working even when the situations and the odds look like they are against me he is working would you weep with perspective that our God is never stranded that our God is always for us and so first thing I've said this morning is weep with hope and then weep with perspective I really felt like the Lord wanted me to say to somebody this morning that you know at the end of all of this you would look back and you would look over all that has transpired in your life and you would say these words wow my steps were actually being ordered some plans should actually have been blocked some things I had hoped for should actually have been forced you would actually look back and say wow God was through the wilderness ordering my steps to the well and that's what I'm believing for in your life third thing I would say this morning is weep with responsibility weep with responsibility weep with responsibility if you're taking notes please write that down we believe in our church that if you take notes it's notable if you don't take notes it's notorious weep with responsibility You know, in verse 18 of Genesis chapter 21, as Hagar is weeping and all of that is happening and the angel of the Lord shows up, he starts to tell her these words. He says, Hagar, now listen to me. I know God is seeing you. I know the eye of God is upon you. But listen to these words, Hagar. Arise, take up the lad, hold him up. For God will make of him a great nation. And I thought about that. Arise. Take up the lad. Hold him up in your hands. For God will make of him a great nation. I thought about that this morning. That, hey, one more thing I can do. As I stay in this wilderness. And as sometimes it's dry. And I don't even yet know where the well is. And I don't even yet know what's going to happen. Do you know what I can be doing? I can be taking responsibility for what is in my hands. I want to wake up every day with this sense of arise. Don't just sit in and sit down. Don't just sit in and sit back and lock yourself out. And, and it's over and weep like there's nothing to do. Wake up and start to ask yourself what's the next right thing I can do what can I set my hands on how can I be responsible for what is in my hands what can I say I'm lifting up before God that God will suddenly start to say to me I'm going to bless it and I'm going to make it a great nation and so in the place of weeping as you weep with hope and as you weep with perspective I pray this morning that you would weep with responsibility don't just get lazy sit in cover yourself up and and waste out your days and waste out your life have a fresh sense of responsibility towards God and towards your life and pick up all those plans of things you had always thought you can do and of the gifting of God and of skills to develop and, and what have you and have a fresh sense of responsibility say I'm weeping with responsibility because I really believe that when we hold this thing up in our hands 
I really believe that God says those words to us. I will make of him a great nation. I really believe that God starts to say, as you lift it up in your hand, I'm going to put an over and above blessing on it. I'm going to put a so much more blessing on it. And listen to me, you may not be able to do everything you want to do, but you can do something. You can have a fresh sense of responsibility. I, I, I pray that God would even work in our hearts, that we're not just having a sense of responsibility for, for the next big idea of something that would change the world, but can we have a sense of responsibility towards the people in our lives and towards family and towards loving people and towards being there for people and towards reaching out for people can we learn again a sense of responsibility a sense that says yes you have your issues in your life yes everything is not what you want it to be but you can be there for a friend you can check up on a loved one you can pray for the hurting you can read your bible again you can you can love on someone and look out for someone you can be there you can grow you can exercise you can do what you need to do and and there's no restraint on you Hagar because it's interesting to me that this instruction doesn't come to Hagar after she has found the water and she has drank the water it's interesting to me that this instruction comes to Hagar even before she sees water and so God shows up with an instruction of be responsible and then her eyes are open to see a well and so what I hope I'm saying to you this morning is Yes, I know we're looking for rivers in the desert. Yes, I know we're believing God for wells in the wilderness. But I hope I'm able to say to you this morning that while that process is on, be responsible. Be responsible. Be responsible for what's in your hand here and now. Make Monday count. Make Tuesday count. Don't just go through. You know, I had moments last week when I was, I, was, I was asking myself, what day of the week is it actually? And I was, I was having those arguments in my mind. What? You know, are we so lost and drifting and everything is just over us? Let's be responsible. And let's make it count. Because the Bible says these interesting words. Paul plants and Apollos waters, but God gives the increase. I still believe that, friends, that we can be planted in this season. We can be watering in this season. And we can believe that God is going to give the increase. In the name of Jesus. Psalm 126 and verse 6. It says, he who continually goes forth weeping. Look at this. He continually goes forth weeping. Bearing seed for sowing. Responsibility in the weeping. The Bible says, he shall doubtless. Hear that word doubtless i feel like saying that prophetically to you this morning that i know you may be going forth weeping right now and i know it may look like a season of weeping but but the bible says he shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him but we read that verse sometimes and we read it as he who continually goes forth weeping shall doubtless again come with rejoicing no 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 People are going to go forth with weeping and stay weeping forever. It is those who go forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. Those who go forth weeping, but hold on to a voice of responsibility. Hold on to a sense of what can I do? Do you know that in this season we can be more generous than ever before? Do you know that in this season we can give more than we've ever given? Do you know that in this season we can lift up our eyes to the over and above and say, God is giving me perspective. I'm more blessed than I, I can even give more. The Bible says, shall doubtless come back with rejoicing. So in a moment, I'm going to have us worship, but I just want to say to everything Hagar and you, find you an Ishmael.
to every sense of Hagar in you, find you an Ishmael. Every voice in you that sounds like Hagar, find you an Ishmael. Find you an Ishmael. Find you a forward focus. Find you a voice of hope. Find you a language of possibilities. Find you hope in the midst of despair. Find you a God that says, I am with you and I am for you. Find you a fresh perspective that is more than pointing fingers. That is all about the so much more that God can do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I hope this blesses you this morning. You know what we're going to do this morning? I want to lead you in a declaration. And right on the top of that, the team is going to sing a song. And let's just worship together as we believe God for what he can do. So wherever you are, I'm going to say some words of faith this morning. And I want you to say it out after me. Say with faith in your heart. Say with believing in your heart. And let's believe for God to do something special. In Jesus' name. Now would you say with me this morning. Say my fears will not live. My fears will not live. My hopes will not die. My hopes will not die. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Say God's best is yet ahead. God's best is yet ahead. Now say I will find wells in the wilderness. I find wells in the wilderness. I will find rivers in the desert. I find rivers in the desert. Say this is the most fruitful. This is the most fruitful. And productive, and productive season. Of my life so far. Life so far. See, I receive fresh ideas. I receive fresh, ideas. I receive fresh perspective. I receive fresh perspective. Now say this famous line: The waters will not drown me. The waters will not drown me. They will carry me to destiny. Will carry me to destiny. Say the intensity, the intensity of the fires, of the fires will, not burn me. will not burn me. They will give me, will give me a, fresh a fresh perspective of my Savior and God. In Jesus' name, who says amen to that this morning? Come on, let's worship. Now in God we trust, in His name we hope. I know God will not be shaken. God is here with us, He's for us.
trust now in God we trust I pray you give us fresh perspective. I pray you give us a whole new openness of our eyes, God. Sing it one last time now in God. In his name we hope. Wherever you are this morning, sing those words over your life. Come on. I really believe that you know what what i want to do this morning is that in a moment i want to say a prayer i want to say a prayer for everybody everywhere whatever season of life this is for you um maybe like hagar you really feel like i'm in the wilderness maybe you really know what it feels like to be constrained and plans stranded and strained and what have you i want to say a prayer for you this morning because I believe our God is still a God who shows, opens our eyes to see wells in the wilderness. I believe our God is still a God who brings rivers in the desert. I still believe that this can be the most productive and fruitful season of your life ever. I don't say prayer over your life this morning for that to happen. And you may look around and say, how is that going to happen? I, I, I don't know how that can ever be. But listen to me, this is not about what you know. This is about how good our God is. This is about how faithful he is. And so in a moment, I'm going to say prayer. And I want us to lean in our hearts in faith together for that. But before I do that, I, I want to make an invitation. I don't know who you are or how you came about watching this this morning or, you know, where you're watching this from. It really doesn't matter. But, but I want to say this to everybody under the sound of my voice this morning. It's, it's a real open invitation about the, the state of your heart and the positioning of your soul. Because, you know, at the end of the day, life is not about the externals. It's about something that has first of all happened in us. And based on that, everything on the outside can start to change. And today I'm asking whether you're in the right place with God. I'm asking whether your heart is in a right standing with God. I'm asking whether, you know, in, in the ultimate analysis of everything there is to life, whether you can stand boldly before an almighty God and say, I know that through Jesus, he is my father. And if you're not right with God this morning, it's beautiful that you can be honest about it. Because in just a few moments, you can change that. Do you know that in this very moment, you can, we can end this service with you knowing for sure that I am a child of God. We can end this service with you knowing for certain that my sins are all forgiven. And I've had a whole new start through Jesus. Listen, he died 2,000 years ago so that you can have life. He, he gave himself up to pay a price you could never pay. So that one day like today, you can call upon his name. And you can find salvation. And I'm really believing that this will be a moment of a miracle for you. And so wherever you are this morning, if you say, hey, you're speaking to me. I, I kind of know it. I'm not right with God and I want to be made right. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know that through Jesus, you can come to God? He said, I am the way, not a way, not one of the ways. He said, I'm the only way through which you, you can come to God. And so I want you to say it right this morning. It doesn't matter who you are. Today is a day that a miracle can happen in your life. And it doesn't matter where you are right now. God sees you and he knows you. That with your heart you can believe and with your mouth you can confess unto salvation. And I'm believing right now that there are believers everywhere praying for you. So that you would make a decision for Jesus. And so if you say that to me, I, I want to be made right with God. 
I want today to be that day that I will confess his lordship and surrender to it. I want today to be that day when I'll be forgiven. I'm living under the guilt of sin. I want to be forgiven. You know what I want you to do this morning? I want you to, to take your right hand and put it on your chest where you are. He sees you. God actually sees you. He knows you. And put that right hand on your chest. I believe what you're doing is symbolic. You're making a statement that my heart is surrendered to God. And it's in your heart you believe. And then I'm going to lead you to say some words to make a confession of Jesus. And, and that's the miracle. That's the miracle. Are you ready? Please don't hold back. Don't hesitate. If you say you're speaking to me, I need to be made right with God. Do it right now. Don't hold back. Don't do it in your mind. Don't think it. Do it right now. Put that hand on your chest. And now say these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus loves me, that he's the savior of the world. Say, today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my savior. Say, I give everything to follow you. Now say these words, I will live for you. Say, please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. Now say, I'm your child. One day, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Now, if, if you pray that prayer, that's a miracle that just happened in your life. And there's information on the screen right now. There's a, there's a link for you to click right now. Please do it. Register your decision. Let's know about it. We want to see how we can be praying for you and we can help you take your first steps with Jesus. But it's an absolute miracle that just happened in your life. And we are so excited about it. We're praying for you. We're believing for God's very best. Listen, there's an Ishmael voice over your life right now. Your best is yet to come. The past is over. And it's a new beginning for you because of Jesus. Can I pray for everybody everywhere right now? Wherever you are, would you just lean in your heart in faith? I want to say a prayer for you this morning. For, 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 for the wilderness to bring you to wells. And for rivers to come in the desert. Jesus, I thank you. Because you see everybody in every situation right now. Everybody who is watching this. Who is listening to this. You know what they're going through. You know where they are. You know what life is for them right now. You know that feeling of being constrained. You are the same God who thousands of years ago came to Hagar and said I hear the voice of Ishmael and open your eyes I'm opening your eyes for you to see a well in this wilderness and God I pray let this be the experience of your dearly loved people all over the earth right now I prayed for them father that in the name of Jesus we will find we would find wells in the wilderness in this very season oh God we will find water we will not run out our dreams will not die I pray in the name of Jesus our fears will not live I pray our hopes will not be cut short because our hope is substantiated in you, Jesus. We lift up our eyes to you again. And I just pray in a fresh way right now, God, you would encourage hearts. You would stir up hearts, oh God. I pray for people that are weeping right now, people that are in, in a season of weeping. I just pray, God, that there will be fresh perspective and that there will be a fresh hope and that there will be a fresh voice of responsibility in their weeping. In the name of Jesus, thank you that you are a good father. Thank you that you see everybody right now, everywhere they are. And so God, I just speak your grace to take the shape of every need, God. I speak your grace that you will be gracious to people in a whole new way. And Lord, at the end of the day, I pray that we would look back and we would say, indeed the Lord was good to us. And this was a fruitful and productive season of our lives. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. And where you are, would you say a big, big, big amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
We are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We really hope you found it to be a blessing. To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpemudi, please visit our website, www.sikamo.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamo Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamo underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services.